The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golpe with Remax the Golpe team. Welcome to the Golpe Real Estate Show with host... Rick Zamprin, how you doing, buddy? I am fantastic, Rob Golfie. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I was away a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we had uh, we had a couple of weeks off, so we were uh, in the last couple of weeks. Now I'm back. We had, I think, uh, I'm not sure, was Phil on la- uh, last week? Phil, yeah, Phil, Phil was on and, last and week. Brian so I, I heard he on, did yeah. a pretty good job. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, Phil's okay. He's no Rob Golfie, but he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he may take over one day on this show. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's good. At least I got some backup help there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's R- good. Rob Golfie is a sales representative with Remax's Garmin Realty, the Golfie team. You can find more on the Golfie team and search out the hottest listings in Hamilton, Burlington, Niagara. The website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob G O L F I dot com. You can call the Golfie team at nine zero five. 575-7700 you will be calling the first ever real estate team in Hamilton to sell 1,000 homes in a year. That number again, 905-575-7700 Check out the Golfie team on Instagram Facebook and Twitter and if you have an email for the Golfie team whether it's a topic idea or a question about real estate, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com There are about a gazillion topics we can discuss today including a really interesting one in bc that we'll get to in a few minutes about a 24-hour cooling period but before we get to that how has your real estate week or i guess the last couple of weeks been it's been pretty good really good you know what um it it the, the market has pulled back a little bit even though there's less sales but what i'm finding is that a lot of buyers right now um they are not looking at houses that have that are holding offers, meaning that they're waiting for an offer date to happen to get multiple offers. So, so that part of it is scaling back. People are not, uh, not even wanting to see the house. They don't want to go in. They don't even want to fall in love with the house and then knowing that they can't get it. So they're not even looking at those houses. I, I, I just recently had one, uh, two days ago that said, Rob, I don't want to look at anything that they're holding offers on. That's it. Hmm. And I says, no problem. And, and I get it. I understand it because it's, it's, it, it's, it's aggravating. It's frustrating. It's, uh, it, it's, you know, makes you, you know, feel down that you can't get the house and you fall in love with it. And it's just, it's just not a great experience. Uh, when you're putting an offer in and somebody, you know, puts in a hundred thousand dollars more than you and you're like, what you can't, you can't understand it. Um, it, it just, uh, it's, it's, it's the way the market, uh, it is right now, but I think it's pulling back a little bit. Um, we're not seeing as many offers on houses and some, in some cases we're not seeing offers at all. Um, some people are holding offers. So you've got to be very, very careful on which properties you're holding offers on because you're not going to get the numbers that, that people were getting in, in, uh, you know, January or, or December or whatever and February. So I, I would think, uh, January, February were the key months this year. January, February were the key months this year. If you had a house up for sale, those were the months that you know it, you, you did very well. You're still doing well, but it's it's pulling back a little bit. So, and I was just looking at some of the numbers based on uh, on uh, you know days on market. So in December, 
um, the average uh, days uh, days on uh, on market uh, were nine days for a house. Wow. January was eighteen days. February was sixteen days, and the month of March. It, 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 I mean, it, it, this number could change, but the month of March is about 21 days on the market. So, hmm. but days to sell, um, so th- th- we're talking inventory. We're talking inventory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Months of inventory. So right now we have 21 days of months of inventory. So if we stop listing any houses today, we would run out of houses in 21 days. <laughs> wow. You know, so, so, um, in, 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 uh, in, uh, in February was 16 days. And, uh, so, so the market is pulling back, even though we have, we're, we're 18% down from, uh, last year's first quarter versus this year's first quarter we're down. So, so that's telling me that we're starting to see it flatten out. It's, uh, it's starting to come, you know, it's, it's starting to settle if things are, you know, Cooling a little bit, but there are still multiple offers happening in, in depending on the property, depending on location, depending on price, depending on the condition. Now, condition is major, major important. Uh, if you've got a house that's got all the bells and whistles, you're going to get a lot of people wanting that house because you don't have to do anything. Just buy it, move in, and uh, you know, put your bed in the bedroom, and, and you're set to go. For those, but, for those who don't want to see homes if the seller is holding offers, is that... Is that because they know that there's a chance they won't be able to compete, or is that more or less the fatigue of doing it over and over again and losing out on on the houses they want? It's the fatigue. They're they're fed up and done with it. Yeah. They're um, they just uh, they they went in and, and put offers in, and they probably and some of these people have went in one to two hundred thousand over asking, and they still didn't get it. And so they're just like, you know what? We just can't do this anymore. And, and it's, it's, and it's a big disappointment because they're getting, you know, it's, it's, it's a roller coaster ride on their emotions and it's, and it's difficult and I get it. Like, and sometimes people, like I know sometimes buyers, they're fed up and they're done and, you know, and they're hoping their agent gets them that house. And, and meanwhile, they get outbidded by even a hundred thousand. They went 200,000 over asking, but the next highest offer was 50 to a hundred thousand higher than them. It's hard to compete against that. It's very difficult. Um, and I, you know, it just, uh, it, it is, it is a roller coaster ride on emotions for not only just the realtor, but also the, the buyer themselves. In regards to that, that roller coaster of emotion, that pressure to buy, because you, you're not sure when the next house that you're going to like is going to come around the corner out in BC, it's a really interesting uh, situation where they're going to be instituting some kind of, uh, I guess, a cooling off period or a buyer's remorse clause, if you will, where buyers are going to have a limited amount of time to consider their offers. That'll give them some time to, you know, get a home inspection, uh, ensure the financing is in place, maybe even cancel their decision if they're, you know, having those sober second thoughts. It's already in place for things like pre-construction condo buildings. There's a seven-day cooling off period. I'm not sure it'll be seven days in this case for a house, but what do you think of a cooling off period for home buyers? I, I think it's going to be difficult. So the difference between um, new construction and condo developers offering a seven-day cooling period they, they're selling three, 400 condos. So, I mean, it, you know what I mean? It's easy for them to do it. But, but Rick, I come to your house, I put your house up for sale and we're going to hold offers. So, cause my job is to get you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. Right. Yeah. So what you're going to depend on me is that we get the highest offer. Now, if we have 10 offers 
And the highest offer, let's say hypothetical, it's 900,000. That's our highest offer for your house. We accept it. And then 24 hours later, this guy, well, you know, I was under, you know, duress. I had to make a decision. I, I changed my mind. I want out. Yeah. You know, do you think the second offer is going to come back? We'll say, hey, well, listen, I guess the first guy, you know, uh, didn't do it. And now you're, now you're begging the second guy to come in. And he may not come in. He may say he changed his mind because cause he, cause he just went through an emotional, uh, emotional roller coaster ride on his emotions mm-hmm. and, and, and things new. So now it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to cause a lot of problems. It's going to cause a lot of problems. Now, the only way, I, if this came to Ontario, I would accept two offers. Okay. Uh, now you have to accept two offers on every uh, multiple offer situation. You accept the highest offer based on uh, saying, okay, here's your offer. We accept your offer. The second offer, you have to put a clause in there saying, hey, we accept your offer if the first offer decides to bail out. <laughs> right. So, so now the first, second offer kicks in uh, because that's 24 hours there. So they're both, they both get 24 hours the same. So the first guy... If the first guy bails out, the second guy can bail out too at the same time. So, but the second guy is going to hope that the first guy bails out, so he gets it. So he thinks he has a chance. Yeah. But his his twenty four hour period starts the same time as the other guy does. So, so he can bail out to the second guy. But if the first guy bails out, then the other the other one kicks in. Right. So I mean, we're going to be accepting two offers at a time on every offer presentation. That's the only way you can combat this. Could- That's the only way you can protect the seller. Could it also work this way if you have, let, let's say it's 24 hours. Could you also say that um, the cooling off period can be in place, but if you back out, you lose your deposit? You, you can do that. You can put stipulations on that. Yeah, absolutely. And But then, you know what, you're going to have a lot of people probably walking away and not, not taking a chance on that. Yeah. But, but yeah, absolutely. You lose your deposit. Like, I mean, you're willing to, you're willing to buy the house. I mean, like, I get it. People are under a lot of stress making a decision to come up with a price to pay to buy a house. And I get it. There's, there's a big gap between the highest offer and the second highest offer. There, sometimes in some cases, there's a big gap. A lot of times we send them back if it's very close to say, hey, you're, you know, the top two offers are very close. Go back to the table, see if you, you, know, see if you can change your offer to become a little better to win, to win this deal. But 24-hour cooling-off period, I, I honestly don't know, but I think you have to accept two offers at every offer presentation now. So it's just more work, more, just more things. Rick, wherever there's a problem, there's always a solution. And, and to me, I think that would be the solution to combat, to protect the, the seller when, uh, when, if they're doing a cooling-off period. But, I mean, we're going to find out. BC is always the first ones to implement anything new. <laughs> and uh, we're going to, you know, they're kind of like our guinea pig out, out in the West Coast. So we'll see how they do it and see, see what happens and all that kind of stuff. And then we can find out uh, if, it's, uh, if it's working or not. The one thing that this cooling off period would not address is the housing supply issue. And, you know, it, it might tamper down some prices here or there, but overall there's still a massive supply shortage. We'll get into how unemployment and interest rates might impact housing. That and a whole lot of other topics on the way here on the Golfie Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML.
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. A house in the middle of a street. A Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you alongside Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can phone them at 905-575-7700. You'll be calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales. That number again, 905-575-7700. The website is robgolfi.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Send them an email with a question or a topic idea. That email address is questions at robgolfi.com. You can also follow the Golfi team on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check them out on Instagram as well. One of the issues that is really a a hot topic in this country is interest rates, uh, inflationary prices going up. We know inflation is at a uh, an all-time high in this country. What impact going forward do you think this is going to have on the red hot housing market? Um it it's going to pull back and settle. That's it. It's not going it, to it it it'll it's got to find it's it's leveling playing leveling ground in uh, in the market. So so let, let's say hypothetical and it has happened. The market's up twenty percent from last year, or maybe let's say twenty five percent from last year. Right. And and, and it, so far in the first quarter, well, it'll level off and and balance out through the year. It might be a total of maybe seventeen percent or eighteen percent. So it may so it may settle down to maybe five to seven percent. But it's still higher than it was last year, and it's and it and it's still at, at a high rate. But I mean, so if the market does settle and, and and pull back, we're still good. It's just that some of the people that purchased a house earlier this year, I mean, they might there might be a little bit of a difference, but they'll, it'll regain itself in uh, uh, probably the end of the year or maybe next year. But I don't think they have to worry about it. I get it that. There is a lot of things happening in the world right now with interest rates and the war, uh, the war in the Ukraine and, uh, you know, uh, just housing prices have gone up to a, a record high uh, in the past few years. And it's 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 unsustainable to keep going that route. So it will settle. There is no doubt about it. It will settle. When you have clients or, or you have a home that's listed, does inflation or interest rate ever get mentioned at all or is it really on the back burner you know what inflation and uh interest rates it does come on to affect when somebody wants to get a house on the market quick you know we say hey listen you know what in the last uh especially in the last week and a half interest rates they've been climbing like it's you know they're going up all the time and so that means that that buyer that's looking for that house may not be able to afford that house. Now that now they have to look at something less, less price point. And so they lose that, that percentage of the market share of people that can afford that price point. So the sooner they get their house on the market, the sooner they get locked in on an interest rate that they can afford and then they can buy the house of their dreams that they want. So that's a big factor right there. Like now the higher price points 
uh, of houses, if somebody's looking at buying a two and a half million, three million dollar house, well, it doesn't matter to those guys because those guys have the money. If, otherwise, they wouldn't be buying a house, you know, because the taxes on those houses are about twenty grand a year, um, you know, and it's just an expensive house to to manage and maintain. But we're talking about Gen Z and, and millennials. Uh, those are the people that are going to get affected mostly by interest rates because they're coming in with maybe five, ten percent down, maybe twenty, and and they're borrowing from their parents, and uh, so and they're barely just making it with the interest rates. You know what their mortgage payments are going to be. So now um, they may end up. They probably wanted to live on the mountain. They probably could afford to live on the Hamilton Mountain. Uh, in a house there that was worth 700000 But now, uh, because of interest rates, they can't afford anything on the Hamilton Mountain. They may have to go down, down below the mountain, more in the central or east Hamilton area where the houses are older. Or somebody in, in uh, Toronto wanted to move to Burlington. Now he can't go to Burlington because it's, you know, it's just the interest rates are too high. They have to come to Hamilton or, or go to Niagara. So it's going to shift everybody's uh, uh, way of buying and where they can buy and, and all that. So that's what's going to cause all this. Uh, interest rates are a major factor for buyers, no doubt. If you want to sell your home or you're in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Uh, just a few minutes ago, you mentioned the war in Ukraine, a really tragic uh, circumstance happening in, in Eastern Europe. But we do know that Canada and, and many other nations have instituted sanctions against Russia, which means like uh, things like we're not importing Russian oil any longer. That's having an impact on you know prices for virtually everything. It, it may not be as drastic as what we saw with the lumber shortage and the lumber prices uh, a summer or two ago, but there's still an impact there. Um, is there any correlation to how that's going to impact real estate or that or the housing market? It's hard to tell. Um, I, I think it will because everything is is costing more money. Yeah. Like you know, people driving to work for fuel, um, and you know, it just it, it, groceries are more money. Um, people are going to probably you know change their mind and. and you know, upgrading or, or moving up to a bigger house or anything like that. So you're going to see more people settling uh, and staying where they are a, a possibility. So which is going to create more of a, sh- a shortage of homes. Now, th- now this pandemic that, you know, we've been through for the last two years has caused another a shortage also because we've got baby boomers and, and the elderly, people like my parents' generation, they're staying in their house longer than they normally would because of the, um, they didn't want to go to the, the to the uh, retirement homes or old age homes because there was an, uh, you know, a spread of, of the uh, COVID virus throughout these old age homes. So, so there's that percentage of the population that is not moving, and and they're holding back, which we need that inventory for the next generation to, to move in and buy and just and continue the the, the process of life, but. Um, but yeah, like it's, uh, everything is going to, there's going to be cause and effect on everything. And the whole world has just been, just been scrambled in, in the last two years, uh, you know, with the pandemic now with this war and the shortage of, of this and shortage of that. And, you know, lump prices of lumber and prices of fuel, it's, it's causing havoc throughout the world. And, and the thing is 
you know, it's hard to tell where it's going to settle, but we still have a shortage of everything. You can't get the car that you want. It's going to take a year sometimes to get, you can't get, you know, whatever, whatever else you want for your house or whatever. So, you know, furniture, you want to buy furniture, large furniture stores. Now they're buying twice as much inventory because they know if they don't get it, they're not going to get sales. And if they don't get sales, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to have uh, they're not going to make money. So they have to, so it's costing them more money to even borrow money just to keep the inventory. Let's switch gears and talk about the uh, Ontario government announcing a plan to tackle the housing shortage in this province. They have uh, revealed or or I guess launched new consultations on increasing the so-called missing middle housing, which includes supports for multi-generational housing, uh, access to financing for not-profit developers, and the housing needs of rural and, and northern communities. And it contains measures to streamline subdivision approval processes, site plan approval processes, which deal with elements such as walkways and parking, as well as approvals for modular multi-unit residential buildings. It doesn't, however, include changing municipal zoning rules to allow more housing to be built aside from single-family homes. One of the, I think it was 55 recommendations that came out of this Housing Affordability Task Force that was convened by the government a while ago. Are any of these measures going to help? I know we have... We already have multi-generational housing. I'm not sure how you create more of that. Um, what do you think of what the province is trying to do here? You know, I, I get it. They um, they want to help. Like, this is in regards to putting uh, housing, uh, uh, like, with, with uh, what do you call it, first-time buyers uh, tax, the foreign yeah. tax? Yeah. Yeah. So they've already got... Uh, foreign, foreign, uh, foreign, uh, 15% effective, uh, high income foreign, uh, home tax buyers, right? Yeah. You're going to spike it up to 20%, but we don't have that many that we dealt with that are foreign buyers. No. And I don't know what the percentage is. Now they're increasing it to 20%. So I, I'm sure in the bigger cities, they probably have a lot more than we do. And I get it. And, and I understand that they, you know, they're allowing, uh, students that, uh, are, 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 are getting their education here. They're giving them the opportunity to buy houses if they, if they are going for their residency here, a permanent residency. But I don't know if it's going to slow down the market. I, I don't know because um, maybe they might take a little longer to buy a house uh, just because it is going to cost them a lot of money. It is a lot of money now, 20%. Uh, you know, and, and they're saying it's, it's, it's going to be effective uh, this coming week. So, I honestly, I don't know if that's going to slow down the market. The government is always about two years behind when it comes to <laughs> implementing anything to slow the market down. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're always behind. And, and, and it, you know, and just like in 2017, they implemented uh, foreign tax, uh, higher uh, for foreign uh, buyers to pay a higher hefty foreign tax. And, but the market already kind of slowed down already. It was just, it was happening just, at the end. So, so right now they're trying to do something. Well, guess what? The market's starting to pull back and ease off now. Well, it's a little late for that. They should have done that two years ago or three years ago, or they should have done that in 2017. Um, it made it, made it stronger, but, but again, governments are two years behind two years too late. And, and, and when they start talking about it, it takes another six months to a year to implement it. So, I don't know what to say. I think it'll it'll affect it a little bit, but not as much in the uh, in the Hamilton Burlington area. I don't think it'll it'll affect it as much. 
The other thing that happened in 2017, and I'm, I remember this vividly because you were in the studio, and that, that seems like a lifetime ago, um, but you had a two-week kind of crystal ball uh, glancing into, and you said that, listen, the, the, the wind government is about to do something. It is going to change the market drastically. And at that time, 2017, up until then, it was just before Easter, right around this time, really, um, where things were really hot. And if you weren't in the market or getting in or selling your house, you were probably going to miss the boat because in and around the Easter time period, they not only brought in that foreign buyer's tax, but they also brought in the stress test, which looking at it now did absolutely nothing. No, the market was already starting to pull back at the time. And I remember it, it was the middle of April when uh, the wind government was announcing something, but it was already done. It was like, like we already had that first quarter uh, of the year that just exploded in the market. Yep. And then after that, it, the market just settled and it just cruised along and cruised along until again, um, in 2020, 21, things just started roaring again. And, and, uh, last year and now, and now here we are again, and they're trying to implement and, and look at things, look at the, like, like we talked earlier, the BC government is trying to put, put this cooling off period, uh, segment. Well, I don't know if it's a good idea or not. We'll find out. And, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to do that. The problem, the problem is, and now they're going to be bringing more immigrants into the country because we got a lot of refugees. We need to help the Ukraines out there, yep. uh, try to find places for them. Cause they're, they're, they're escaping the country that, you know, and so, and I know there's some coming to Canada and they're going all over the world and everybody's taking them all over the world, which is, which is fantastic. We, you know, I, I, I applaud that the government's doing that, but, but that's going to create another housing shortage. And, um, so it just, uh, there's never, never, it's going to take a long time for this market to, um, to settle down. Like it'll settle down. It's going to settle down this year. Like it's going to just flatline and just cruise along. It's going to give buyers a chance to get in, you know, days on market might get up to 30 days on market. And And we're starting to see even sellers right now. They're like, Hey, what's going on? My house is on the market for two weeks. Why isn't it selling? Well, you know, we priced it too high. That's why. And the market's not, uh, not, uh, adjusting to that, but, uh, but yeah, things are, you know, we're, we're coming along and, and, uh, and, and, you know, the market will balance out. I'm sure as the market is uh, slowing down just a nudge, uh, that more and more, uh, home seekers are going to be opting for home inspections. Uh, there is the, uh, home inspection industry that is advocating for a legal right for inspections. When you're buying a home, you must, and you have the legal right to get a home inspection, regardless whether there's multiple offers or not. Will this help or hinder the process of getting a home? You know what? I I think what should be done is that if you're holding offers, you should have a home inspection report so that people can read it. I think that, that, uh, um, I think that is the way to do it because a lot of people are buying houses today. They're walking through, they've been through it for maybe a half an hour to an hour and making a decision to buy a half million to a million dollar house in, in, a, in an hour's time and then submitting an offer. And they have one, t- and they, they view it at one time. Now, because of this pandemic, we're only giving them a half hour slot to view the house, which, you know, think about it. I spend more time looking at a car than I do at a house to buy. <laughs> That's true. And like you, you can't find, you can't know about a house in a half an hour. But I do think that the, that there should be a home inspection report um, when you are holding offers. 
and and I think that makes it easier for the consumer, so they can they can go through the inspection report, see if, if the, you know what needs to be done to this house, so they can uh, give a, a good offer for the house and say, okay, well we need about twenty thousand dollars in repairs. Well, I'm going to offer this much money, and I think that will I think that should be done. Like, but the but the re- inspection report has to be done by the. Um, the seller. Yeah, seems like a good idea. When we come back, lots more to talk about, including accessory dwellings. Get another look in this tight housing market. We'll tackle that when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin joined by Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. You will be able to call the number one real estate team in Hamilton to sell a 1,000 homes in a year. That would be the first real estate team to do so and it happened last year by calling 905-575-7700 that's 905-575-7700 find them on twitter instagram and facebook as well they are dominating social media these days speaking of social media we'll talk about to tiktok in a matter of minutes as well um accessory dwellings are getting another look in this tight housing market what do we mean by accessory dwellings it's another dwelling on a property, and um, a lot of uh, there's a lot of people out there that have like you know properties that have five, ten acres, or even two acres. And a lot of times, I do get asked, "Hey, can I build another house on here?" And I said, "No, unless you attach it to the house. Mm-hmm. You can build you can build an extension to the house, but you can't build a separate dwelling." Now they're lo- looking at that now and. See, now they're seeing that if we can do that now, which 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 would be great because a lot of in-laws, a lot of uh, people would like to have their parents close by that they live right on the premises with them, but not in the same house or attached house. Um, would uh, they would they would appreciate that? So attached is okay, but if you were to build, uh, let's say you have I don't know a few acres in Flamborough. And you want to build a home on, I don't know, the other half of this piece of land. You have to get municipal approval before you do that. Yes, but you can't sever the land. They won't allow you to sever. And they also, Uh, a lot of times, they won't allow you to build a secondary residence. But now what they're saying is that they're looking at this and considering it now. So would that be, and I've seen this on TV from time to time, these these mini homes, these... um, 
for lack of a better term, almost like a fifth wheel type of thing where it's a house, but you can tow it around. Would that be one and the same? Or does this have to have, you know, plumbing and, uh, you know, municipal services? Does that constitute a secondary dwelling if it's just like a trailer that's on wheels? Well, a lot of people have, and that's what a lot of, a lot of people do with large properties. They, they do have sometimes, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, mobile, like a trailer yeah. on, in a property on blocks and stuff like that. And they can move it around any time. And that's how they get away with having a secondary residence. But mm-hmm. it looks like, uh, you know, like a, a trailer in the, uh, in the backyard, but, um, but yeah. And then what these, what they're, what they're uh, considering is that you can put a secondary residence that have full plumbing. Uh, if it's in, a, if it's in the country, you'd have, a, you know, you connect to your own septic bed, and you'd probably have, um, you know, it depends if the property has water or not. You connect all that, but you literally have a secondary residence on the property. So when you sell the property, you're selling the whole property. There's no, there's no um, dividing of, of, you know, severancing right. the, the the property. It's two residential properties on one piece of land, one lot. So in saying, I know the city of Hamilton has kind of been bouncing this topic around for the last little while, giving the, uh, you know, the, the housing supply that we have, or more accurately don't have in this city. If the city went ahead and said, all right, everyone who has enough space, I guess, can build like a mini home in their backyard. Would that be tricky to sell? Do you think? Um, no, not really, because a lot of people are looking for a secondary residence. You can actually rent it out if you want, if you don't mind having, you know, people that you don't know living yeah. on the property with you. I mean, they were, they were considered, now I think the city of Hamilton is, is considering, you know how that you have the uh, garages in the back alleyways behind the house, yep. turning them into residence. Now, that's a, a very expensive. Now, you've got to draw a sewer line that goes to the back of the property where the, the garage is and turning that into a residential uh, loft um, but it just, you know what I mean? Like you got to have to dig and, and, and do all that kind of stuff, which is expensive, but people want that cause they want their family close to them. And then, if, and then once they're not, the family's not there, they're moving on. Somebody else will buy it. There's always a buyer for every property, every type, every style. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for The Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Hit the follow button as well so you never miss an episode. When we come back, we're going to talk about TikTok. And uh, a lot of real estate agents are using the social media app. It's one of the most popular apps on the planet. And uh, real estate is certainly uh, taking its uh, full advantage of that application. We'll tackle that when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. And last go round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. Pleased to be joined once again by Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Skirtman Realty, the Golfy team. The website to go to is robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. 
Call them at 905-575-7700. You'll be calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales. That number again, 905-575-7700. And follow the Golfy team on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Have a topic idea you would like us to discuss on a future show or a real estate-related question? Send the Golfy team an email, questions at robgolfie.com. TikTok for real estate agents. Um, how popular is this app for realtors in this area? It's becoming very, very popular. And uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I've been doing some stuff. And they're finding that people, TikTok is something like people flip through quick, fast. And you can you know do something 15 seconds, 30 seconds or longer. But I think the, the shorter it is, the, the more people will look at it because they can go on to the next one. But they're saying that 60% of Gen Z are users on this. Hmm. And, uh, but it, it's a way to, to express, you know, not express yourself, but it's, it's a way to, you know, show your personality, whether it, it's good or bad, but it's a way to show your personality of who you are on, on TikTok and, uh, and, and people get to know you better. you know, it's, it, it, it's a great platform. It's become very popular. It'll, it'll, it's, it's probably going to outpace, uh, Instagram and, uh, Facebook. It's, it's, everybody's getting on board on this and, and it's a, it's a new platform that everybody's getting on. Well, as of December, 2021, just looking at some of these stats, uh, the hashtag homes for sale uh, received over 24.4 million views, and the hashtag luxury real estate got over 566 million views. So, uh, I mean, it's no surprise that a lot of realtors are saying, hmm, this TikTok thing works. We're getting a lot of eyeballs. And at the end of the day, when you're selling a home, that's what you want. You want the most eyeballs on your listing. Oh, absolutely. And the, and this is and this is what we do. And, and we're doing this now, and we're going to do it even more and more as, uh, uh, as time goes on. And, uh, because we know that's another platform where people are looking at houses and, uh, and, and again, when anything is coming up, we are usually involved with it right away to make sure that we offer that to all our clients. So, so we're, we're, we're up there doing it and, uh, and we just got to, uh, keep going and going. And it's, it's just, this business is, is becoming more and more, uh, technical and, and, uh, and, and busy to, to keep up with all this, uh, social media stuff that's happening. Is there any uh, platform or resource that the real estate industry no longer uses to, uh, you know, showcase homes? You know what, even the platforms that are, that are, are not as popular we still use uh you have to use them all still because it's like it's like um you know people don't uh you know advertise in uh in newspapers i still advertise in in print marketing and i know there's a small percentage of it a lot of people don't because everything's online right now so so i still do it because there is a percentage of the people that still read newspaper, uh, at, uh, newspapers. So I still advertise same thing with social media. So there, there could be platforms that are kind of still there, but they're not as popular as the new ones that are coming out, but we still, uh, put our stuff on there too, just to keep it, keep up to date on everything. Do you think TikTok, because there's, you, you mentioned Gen Z, there's like 60% of Gen Z, Gen Z on TikTok. Do you think more and more young people being exposed to, uh, real estate posts on TikTok, we'll see a lot more, younger realtors enter the biz because they, you know, they're looking at these real real estate videos thinking, Hey, this career looks kind of fun. 
there is a lot of young realtors entering the business right now. And a lot of, a lot of Gen Z's are picking their agents based on, on TikTok. Hmm. And so if you're not on there, you're, you're going to, you're going to lose out on a lot of business. So that's why we're, we're, we're trying to spend more and more time on TikTok because we don't want to miss out on that, that, um, generation of, of people buying houses. So it, with the combination of everything I do, um, no matter where you're looking, hopefully, you know, you do see us advertising our properties and everywhere. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's it's changing out there and uh, you just got to be current with what uh what what the market's doing and tiktok is is the latest thing until the next thing comes out and we'll be on that one too and given that there's a lot of younger eyeballs on tiktok i guess you're allowed to be a little different funny silly creative you know throw in some music all that kind of stuff yes absolutely so i hope all my friends and uh and uh, uh People that are around my age don't see it when I'm putting stuff on there. <laughs> so, so, but the odd time, but they're on there. They're telling me, I saw that. I saw your TikTok. I go, I, I saw you doing a little dance. I'm like, really? You, I thought you're, you're watching TikTok. I go, oh boy. Like, so I got to watch what I'm doing. Yeah, it sounds I like think the younger people don't mind. The younger people don't mind, but the, uh, my, the generation that I, my friends that I hang out with, <laughs> they laugh at me when I do some stuff like that. So I got to uh, be careful, I guess. It, well, it's all in fun and. And it is for, you know, uh, an industry that really needs, uh, you know, a lot of eyeballs to make things work. And that is uh, true and a true testament of what the Golfie team does day in and day out. we got to run. Thank you for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.